Welcome back, beautiful people. Welcome to the Insights Podcast. I know, I know it's been a while since you've heard my voice, uh, but I am releasing an episode this weekend when I'm recording this. So Mother's Day weekend, and you will be hearing this episode next weekend. So a little bit of a time warp in your head for that. But I want to acknowledge that. I'll acknowledge it in this weekend's episode as well. But just so y'all know, um, I've missed you. I'm so excited to be back. And I have a really special guest today. One of the people who just naturally, you ever meet those people and you just kind of like, wow, your core and my core, like they're parallel. They're really running in alignment. And it's like a train track situation. So I have one of those people today. Shout out to my friend Kathy, who introduced me to her uh, when she was abroad. My guest is just a queen of life, a life coach, a spiritualist, a habitual tea drinker, and just exudes radiance in everything she does. So I will pass it to Miss Amber Paris to introduce herself. That was the best introduction I've ever got from anyone. <laughs> wow. Like, I want to meet that person first of all, because I don't know who that is. No, seriously. I'm weak. It's you, like, boo. Thank you. That means a lot. Wow. Yes, definitely shout out to Kathy. Because I remember when we met and we went to dinner um, for our other friend Katie's birthday, you were just like, this, your presence was so strong and um very much appreciated and very like that you we had this like small situation go down with like the waiter and shit like you delegated it so perfectly that I was like oh like that's just why I don't know why I remember that but I totally remember that so yeah I'm happy being able to like maintain a connection throughout the years um thank God for social shout out to you digital marketing people and um (laughs) truthfully That's been dope. Yeah. Um, yeah. So hello, hello, hello. Introduce myself. I am Amber Paris Montalvo. I am a storyteller, lifelong learner, and educator. Um, I am from New York City, specifically Brooklyn and Washington Heights. You will rarely meet any New Yorker claiming two boroughs. So there's that. Um, currently, though, I am living in Amsterdam, Demon. Um, so I'm here earning my master's. That's where we met, actually, we met in Amsterdam. So I am back here now. Um, earning my master's at the University of Amsterdam in communication research. So that's what I'm doing now out here. I'm also part of a um, amazing team called the Expat Housing Network. Shout out to Expat Housing Network. I don't know if this podcast gets international folks, but EHN. We um, do, which is crazy because this is like oh my, my God. baby, my little passion project. Well, thank you for having me here. I have seen you from afar and have amazing guests, have amazing questions on your social and just hosting amazing conversations. So I appreciate you allowing me into your space. So thank oh, you. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> I am so excited for it. And I do have like getting to know you questions, but we y'all caught us in the middle of like just catching up and having a conversation. I was like, wait, 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 I need to record. So I want to jump back to that. Um, And it actually relates to a conversation that I'm going to release part of this weekend that we're recording. Um, Mm -hmm. So it'll come out before our episode. So I was talking to my friend Colin about it, about romance and how romance isn't specific to like partnerships. Right. Um, at least for me, like, I don't think like you can be romantic with your friends, you can be romantic with yourself. And kind of in alignment with that, Amber was talking about 
watching a scary movie and I'm so not that girl. Like I'm so not that girl. I scream, I jump. I'm the person who like covers their eyes, but is watching through the hole because I just need to feel safe. And we're talking about how like platonic affection and like physical touch is a thing. And I just, I'm so into like that. And I, I don't know. There's just something about affection doesn't need to mean attraction. Affection doesn't need to mean lust or like carnal desire. And I want to get your thoughts on that and see kind of where your head is. Yeah, absolutely. It's actually funny that we have to make this distinction because like the actual definition of affection is all those things. Like it's so broad. It's affection is like so many things, but we automatically bring it there. Why? For so many reasons, right? There's, you know, of course the movies and just, there's so many things that influence why we think certain things. And so with affection specifically, um, I mean, there's so many reasons why people on their individual level feel uncomfortable with it. But I think as a collective, it's just so natural. And every movie we see, if there's a best, if there's a group of friends or two best friends, they eventually become sexual, right? That's like the traditional story. Like you, you rarely see a movie or a show you know, especially if it's like a, um, a series, so you really fall in love with the characters, you rarely see those friendships that just speak, stay friends. It crosses your mind, Ooh. like they should date, they should totally date. It becomes a whole public conversation, right? So just as a collective, though we talk about relationships, it always ends up being sexual, right? Or, or romantic. And um, yeah, I mean, personally, I did not have a lot of affection either growing up, and my family wasn't that family who like hugs each other randomly so when I would see other friends like especially in school like if they walk down the hallway like holding hands I was so jealous of that because I wanted that so badly like oh Ah. wow like they can be affectionate and it doesn't have to mean anything else so I also learned that you know affection had to be something that was sexual or Mm -hmm. you know um that you liked them so I would always get really nervous like if I touch someone's hand on accident I'm like oh no Ah! Like, don't think that I'm trying to like come on to you. <laughs> yep. Wait, um, that's so that. real. Yeah. That's I wanted, so or like funny. if you like, I don't know, like if you put your hand on someone's shoulder and they're like, whoa. So mm-hmm. I was so afraid of that rejection. So I I just like waited until the other person, if they're a friend, mm-hmm. they they would do it first and then I would fall into it. I'm like, okay, good. You feel the same Got way. Got it. But then I would find myself in these like weird relationships because the other person would take it away that I didn't mean it. And so oh. because I couldn't voice myself by saying, no, that's not what I meant. I would just stop all affection and just say, you know what? I'm just going to not be affectionate unless I mean it sexually because I didn't know how to like draw the barrier even for myself. That's so interesting. That, wow. Okay, wait, there's so much there. There's a lot there. (laughs) There's so much, but I feel I resonate with that so heavily. And I think for me, there's, there's parts that I agree with and parts that aren't my experience. So Mm -hmm. like my family come from a big Puerto Rican Latinx family. And so very like hug and kiss when you walk into a party, like you have to say hi to everyone in the house, Mm -hmm. everyone like that's that's the tradition, that's the culture, right? And so that was how I was raised, especially as a little kid, right? When you're super cute, everyone's like, oh, I want to like pinch your cheeks. Mm -hmm. And so you go around, you say hi to everyone, blah, blah, blah. So to this day, like that's my nature. And it's actually a pet peeve of mine. It's something I'll notice Mm -hmm. if like I enter a party with someone and they don't say hi to everyone, I'm like Mm -hmm. noted. And I make a note to do it, right? 
within respectful customs, like if I was going to hang out with your friends, right? Like I would make sure to say hi to all of y'all the same way that like when I met you for the first time with Kathy, I was like, okay, Amber, Kathy, um, Matthew, like I went around and was like, who were all of Mm -hmm. these people? Um, And I had to make sure because it was something that I was like, I, I know how I would perceive it. So I don't want them to perceive it a certain way. But the finger brushing thing actually is really hysterical to me because (laughs) I have never, I've never clocked that about myself, but that's so true, Mm -hmm. but I'm so affectionate for everyone and I'm the reverse of you. I will always Mm -hmm. initiate it until you tell me stop or until Mm -hmm. like, even with nonverbals. Right. But if I can tell that like, you are not that person, then I'm not going to do it with you. Mm -hmm. But because you'll see me do it with everyone, it's kind of understood that like, oh, that's just how she is. Exactly. Yeah. And that's important too, to to see that like, oh, like, because I actually like people like you, like, I love being around people who are like that because I'm not. And so, Mm -hmm. and I'm it. So I'm like, I feel more comfortable when I know that I'm around somebody who does that with everyone. Cause I, I know like, I can let my guard down, you know, with them, mm-hmm. and you know, and it also just feels nice. I'm like, ooh, I got a little hug. Like, <laughs> that's so, no, I feel that I literally. I do it all the time where like, we were talking about this before too, but my love language top two are quality time and physical touch. And so this pandemic really just said, fuck you, Sienna. Um, I was like, mm, got it. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> I don't like affection. It's fine. I don't like community. Yeah, that, like, that only the core pillars of who I am, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> and so when me and all my friends are vaccinated and we started hanging out again and even still like within pods and safely and all of that stuff. Um, it was my friend Kaleeb's birthday. Shout out to you. Love you. Um, and it's me and all of my prep friends. And so we've all known each other since we were 12 years old, which is now over a decade of friendship for all of us, which is actually insane. Um, and all of our relationships have like changed and flourished and what like as all relationships do right the ebb and flow of life and they've grown and we all just kind of sat down and we were like yo did you really think that like 10 years ago when we met we would all be like doing what we're doing like we're working for education foundations nonprofits media entertainment like really doing the damn thing and we it just kind of hit us in that moment mm-hmm. and I was like oh I love y'all so much and I went up to everyone throughout that night at some point because I am me and they all know who I am and I'm very touchy-feely we're like my friend Sam was laying on the couch and I just like cuddled up next to her, like no warning. No, that just like, I'm, I'm here now. This is my space. Um, or like my friend Esther was talking to his Matu and I like went behind his Matu and just wrapped my arms around her. I was like, I'm just living here for a little bit. And when I first saw her, we were giving a hug and I was like, Oh, okay. This felt so nice. And I went to pull away and she was like, I'm not letting you go. It's been so long. Like I just need this hug right now. I can visualize all of this right now. And I feel it like vicariously through you right now I'm just like damn like that feels good it really bro it was so cathartic and it was like you know when you eat food and you're like I didn't realize how hungry I was until I had food in front of me like I knew that I was so hungry for like affection in that way but when I experienced it like it was so cathartic and I was Mm -hmm. like oh wow like I literally feel lighter because I get to like have this energy exchange that I know I've been craving, but I haven't had. And it's been really, really lovely. Um, So to your point earlier about 
me and I'm also very flirty and that's who I am and I'm aware of that for better or for worse she is who she is um flirt with everyone everyone actually looks at like when she says everyone should everyone yeah like, no flirt with not your even boss in because they're yep. gonna love it yep. <laughs> obviously there's tears to it but she's like no do with everyone trust me you're gonna get everything you want <laughs> absolutely no i'm so serious here's the thing it's so Seduction, fun it's so fun and literally flirting is just a means of connecting right mm-hmm. it's a means of seduction but seducing how do i say this seducing doesn't mean sexual yeah. Seduction doesn't have to be sexual. So like seduction is a really powerful tool in your professional life, it right? Really like is. flirt with your boss con- and not, not HR ways, but like <laughs> flirt with your boss in the sense of like compliment them. Right. And comp here's my thing, my favorite thing. And this is actually a tool of seduction that I learned from Shannon Boudram. Um, yes, I'm obsessed, about. In love obsessed, with her. <laughs> obsessed with her, her and Jared. I just like, They're actually making power moves because everyone thinks that their relationship is super like open and freaky and da da da. And I was like, if you really look at their relationship, though, it is a monogamous relationship where they just have the freedom to communicate if they have a desire to be with someone else. That's all it is. All it is. And everyone's like, oh, it's so like exotic. I'm like, it's basic communication and knowing who you are like yeah like I get it it's definitely non-traditional in kind of the the parameters that they've set up for themselves but the premise of their relationship is not that wild and people like freak out about it but so Shannon was talking about seduction (laughs) and um one of the like top tips that I've taken from her is that compliment people on things they had to work for Right. Mm -hmm. So like if you know someone's working on their physical appearance, you can compliment that. But that's low hanging fruit. It still feels nice. Right. But it's low hanging fruit. And so if that's the only kind of compliment you're giving someone, they're going to notice that and they're going to be like, okay, this feels good, but it's short lived. Right. Because it's something that no matter how hard you work on your looks will always change because we always age. But if you compliment someone's energy, their aura, their work, like something intrinsic to themselves that they developed and are constantly nurturing, they're going to remember that. And it's going to feel more impactful because it's like, wow, you picked up on the thing that like, I didn't say, but I tried to exude or show or express And like, if you do that with your boss, your boss is going to love you and they may not know why, but you may realize it in your end of your bonus. Like (laughs) it's seduction. That's flirting with your boss. Mm -hmm. For sure. I hope no one misread what you said because there's a way to it, but there's a way. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I've been flirted with, with people who I know aren't trying to hit on me. Yep. Like aren't trying to get something. And it's fun like maybe and maybe it's, it's a preference. so fun people are offended by it but i was like i see the game you're doing right now and i'm here for it all right let's sit down and have tea like all right mm-hmm. all right <laughs> it's cool and it also like personally with when i heard that from from shannon well from the, the woman shannon was interviewing it actually boosted my confidence it's a great way to practice mm. confidence too like because it forces you to be bold you know, like this is so risky saying this and doing this, but it doesn't, it doesn't mean walking up to somebody and being like, Hey, I want to kiss you. Like, no, it's very subtle things that you do. Yes. Like just old enough to do that. 
really boosted my confidence. And I was like, this is so fun. I need to like maybe chill back a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) No, I feel that, that, you know, there's that saying that like love is in the details. I think seduction is in the subtleties. That's a t-shirt girl. Oh my God. (laughs) Like I really do. Seduction is in the subtleties, right? Because there's a difference between grabbing your cup from the bottom versus grabbing it by the handle. That hand placement tells me something different. It exudes a different energy, right? And like all of that is seduction. Seduction is literally just exuding an energy and allowing like-minded energies to attract. And so it's in those subtleties. It's not as some... I don't think it's flirting if you go up to someone and you're like, yo, I want to make out with you right now. Yeah, no, that's not flirting with me. I think that's assertive. And I, (laughs) here's the thing that can be attractive in certain situations, but I don't think it's seductive. Right. Mm -hmm. And so thinking about that, but ah, I just, I love it. Flirting is so fun. Yeah. Going back to the affectionate part too, like when you have those subtle, hand brushes on someone's shoulder or their hand or their you know you tap their knee it's like you know in a way that's that's you know you measure the situation of course but going mm-hmm. back to the affection thing like for somebody who can be very easily affectionate with somebody who's not that very subtle touch might just just wrap them up wrap them up swing them time (laughs) no I promise you I feel like like a shock have you ever been in school where like you were sitting at a table or like the four desks that were like conjoined Mm -hmm. or whatever, taking it all the way back. Um, and your knee would like touch the person next to you and you would just be like electrified. Like in my heart, I was like, Oh my God, affection. What? But like, I didn't think like, Oh, they love me, but I felt I had a full body reaction to like the brush of the knee. I was like, girl, I did not think anyone else felt that way. Yes. No, I'm telling you. Oh my gosh. Cause like you said, it's not like you were like, oh my God, I'm going to marry this person. But it was just this reaction. The fact that you said electrifying, that is literally what it was. Oh my God. It really just like shot up my spot. I'll never forget this one time. Uh, Shout out to my friend, Brandon, if he's listening. I love him. I love all of my (laughs) friends. Um, He's also a prep friend. So like I've known him since we're 12 and Mm -hmm. we, you know, as always our relationship developed and we got closer because we went to the same boarding school. So like Mm -hmm. we did this program prep, which is like a leadership development program for y'all who don't know. um, And they assist students with like getting into independent schools in like the New England area. And so we both went to uh, Lawrenceville in Lawrenceville, New Jersey, and we were in a class together. I think it was race with Dr. Williams. None of that is relevant. We're in a class together. Um, and so Brandon and I throughout our four years got just like a lot closer because we we're both from prep, both from New York. And so there was this kind of unspoken, like, I see you seeing me kind of thing. Um, And this was one of the first classes that we had together because we were just on different academic tracks. And so it's a senior year. So not only have we known each other since we were 12, but now we've gone to this really like small high school together for the past four years. And I remember sitting next to Brandon one day and I literally just held Brandon's pinky the whole class because I just wanted affection. And it wasn't like a weird thing. It was like everyone in the class 
knew who Sienna is and how she operates. And so they would see me and Brandon holding pinkies and no one thought we were dating. No one thought it was strange for me to do, for me to initiate because it's like who I am. And I think about that often where I'm like, how often do people really just be like, yo, I want a hug right now, but I don't want to ask for a hug because I don't want you to feel obligated to give me a hug. And I'm like, but I want the hug. I'm over here like reading the hell out of me right now. No, yes, yes, yes. First of all, many things. One, like, again, people knowing like this is who she is. Mm-hmm. is so important because it's like, yeah, well, I know this is my friend. Like this she means and cool, dope. But like the confidence you have to um, express that need is exactly that. It's confidence and comfort in yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And like knowing like this is who I am and I know it doesn't, mean anything and if anyone takes it that kind of way like well I'll apologize and we'll move on but like you're confident in you Mm. and I don't know if this is the case for everyone but of course like me wanting to be that like me wanting to have more affectionate experiences Mm -hmm. required me to be confident in that and and for so long I was like that person you just described who's afraid of saying I just want a hug I was like no I'm (laughs) it's just this weird I'm okay. <laughs> so it felt nice. Oh, like if I did get a hug that was, you know, because we were greeting each other, I would like savor that moment. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I would savor that and just think about it. And like, that was really nice. But rarely <laughs> <laughs> did I say like, Hey, like I need a hug. Unless it was like somebody who I was, I was involved with because we yeah. were at that level. Obviously if, we, if we're in bed together, then I should be able to ask for a hug. But like, if it, the fact that though I had to wait for me to have those kind of relationships with someone just to have a basic in- uh, encounter was a big problem. <laughs> it's a problem. Like you have to wait for all of that just to get. Now I'm curious um, because we've been talking about like non-romantic affection, right? And this idea of like affection, not meaning attraction. When it does mean attraction, are you more comfortable initiating it or do you still wait for the other person to initiate that's a great question. And ap- that's absolutely how it happened. If I am attracted to you, I will have more confidence mm. um, initiating it because the risk being that you may see it in a particular way and then it becomes something else. I'm okay with that risk because I am attracted to ah. you. Right. So it's kind of like a either way I win kind of mm-hmm. thing. I don't know if that sounds strange, but then it's like, if I'm not attracted to you and it's not to say like the person's unattractive, just that I'm not attracted to yeah. them or I don't see them in that way. I'm a fat, I'm not willing to take that risk. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, that's so, you know, that's so interesting. <laughs> I thought about that. Cause I was like, I hear what you're saying about like, I don't want to put people in a position of like, whatever. And I was like, but what if that is the position? I was like, does that change your comfort with it? And it does, which I think is real. Like, I said this in, I guess, technically last week's episode, which was my conversation yesterday with Colin. And Colin came to visit me um, at Oxy where I went to college and we're hanging out and he was sitting down in a chair and there was a chair next to him. There was also his lap. And so I just sat in his lap and we had a whole conversation and it was super like just us catching up. It was like a heart to heart. It was not it was romantic, but it wasn't seductive. It wasn't sexual. It wasn't anything like that. It truly was just like, this is my friend and I want to sit on his lap. And so I did it. And in my head, I thought absolutely nothing of it. Like, uh, because 
Colin knows who I am. And I know that I've established that dynamic with Colin where he knows not to read into it. But the second I went inside to like my friends who don't know Colin, they were like, so what's good? And I was like, absolutely nothing. And they're like, but you were on man's lap. And I was like, but that doesn't mean anything. And it was really, it like was not culture shock, but it like took me out of my own head to be like, oh, wow. I really have. Not everybody understands And I have to like be cognizant of that because it can get you in trouble sometimes right um but it's just it's really interesting to me to like you're always living in your perception and then also others people's perception and they're all the truth and they're all the reality and it's so so it was just really interesting to me yo when you when you were explaining the story it really it brought me back to a place I was in in college um I was outside of that situation yeah. and I was a person looking into the thing you just described and feeling so unwanted really? because I didn't understand that kind of connection. Oh. Like, and then when I got to the point where I understood it, I didn't like it because basically that was a, the type of relationship between two individuals and one whom I loved, one who I wanted to be got with it. and his friend. Mm-hmm. and I was not happy with this I was not okay with it because for obvious reasons yeah. right this is this is who he is and it's also who she yeah. is right like that's who they are with many people so and I knew that I accepted that but I still felt like this pit in my stomach mm-hmm. when I would see them engage in that way for and only in hindsight I know that it's because of many insecurities on my own behalf Mm -hmm. but also because for me seeing that kind of affection it was the same way that we had affection so I didn't feel special anymore Ah. I was like wait you could you do the other one Mm -hmm. I thought we had a thing though right so it was so it took me so long to understand that that's just who she is and that's who he is and that's who they are together I could not understand it when I got to the point where I finally accepted it then it became then I had to battle like not having to explain that to other people because the other people who were also on the outside of that would see it and be like, oh, they're definitely together. And then, so mm. for me, I was embarrassed. Like people think you guys are together, yep. but I want to be with you. So, so it was like the other people also not understanding it. And then me wanting to explain it. It was just this whole unlearning and learning and unlearning. And then getting to the stage of saying, okay, you can understand this relationship and you can respect it, but you don't have to be that the third party in it if you are not comfortable with it mm. and so I had to take myself out of that equation I'm like okay let me do some evaluating on my own side yes but if it got me to that part of like feeling unwanted and insecure I'm like okay I got some work I gotta do mm. but, <laughs> but that was mostly my experience with this sort of romantic um, affection seeing it from the outside and then I had the opportunity to have this kind of relationship with someone else and I, then I really understood it. And mm-hmm. it was like, wow, this is what it feels like to be on the inside of that. Whoa. But it's dope to have the both ones now to know like how people perceive you. And then you have to decide, do I, do I have to explain this? Do I want to explain this? What's the risk of not explaining it? That's interesting. Cause I, I don't think you owe anyone an explanation of your life. Um, in general, I'm heavy on like, mm-hmm is my life um but I am curious after being inside and having your own dynamic that kind of mirrored that did that give you insight to 
what you were witnessing then? And do you think it's changed your comfort if like you were with a partner now who had that dynamic with someone else? Do you think you would still feel this like uneasiness about it? Or would it be like, nah, I know what's good because I've been on both sides and I really understand that kind of dynamic. If, well, to, to your second question, if this happened, let's say I got in a relationship tomorrow. Yep. <laughs> And my person was with, was like, you know, they had a friend Mm -hmm. who was there before me and that was a relationship. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have that same reaction only because I'm not that same person anymore. The insecurity that, that beside the relationship I was, I had insecurities I had to deal with. So that insecurity is worked on, still working on it, but it's, it's checked. Second, he and I had, we were not perfect uh, either. So that added to yeah. it. So hopefully the next person I'm with, we don't have those kind of conflicts where one, I'm secure enough in myself to know, like, I know what it is. Two, I trust yeah. him. And the whole situation is different mm-hmm. now, right? Because I'm different. He's, he or her will be different. And also um, the situation is now just like more perspective and more confirmation, right? Um, to the first part though, of like being inside, like even if I hadn't been on the inside of it, even if I hadn't had that relationship with the friend I spoke mm-hmm. about, it would still be, I would still be more equipped for this kind of relationship because again, I've grown more yeah. because if you, if you're secure in who you are and you're secure in the relationship you have with that person, you can still feel something. Cause you're not, you might feel like that, mm-hmm. you know, Oh, I feel a bit of like jealousy coming on, but you'll be able to check it. Yeah. You'll be able to deal with it, experience it, tuck it away. I wasn't able to tuck it away back mm-hmm. then. <laughs> I was like, Nah, <laughs> couldn't do that. So I think, yeah, just everything is different now. My perspective and everything is, is just new and fresh. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm still not. It was, and it also depends on this, on what it looks like. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. if I'm dating you, I don't want to come in your house and see you and your best friend like laying in bed together. Yeah. Like, I'm like, okay, like, I feel like there's degrees, there's mm-hmm. like, there's limits to this, yeah. <laughs> you know? And as a friend, like with my friend who I'm speaking of, whom he and I kind of have something like that. If I know that you have now have a partner, I'm going to know my place yep. too. You have to recognize like, okay, mm-hmm. this is our relationship, but I don't need to do that when your girl or your man is in the yep. room because I know how it can be perceived and that energy is unavoidable in certain situations. Yeah, no, know your place. Um, I'm. I love that you said that because I was talking to a group of guys all from high school. Um, but they're all the grade above me or were the grade above me. So they're all a year older. We're all in very similar stages of life. And we were talking about kind of our tiers of friends. And it was really interesting because I have a tier of friends that are my flirty friends. Like Mm -hmm. I flirt with everyone, but I have a tier of friends where I'm like, no, 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 no. you're my flirty friend and we both know what it is and it's great where like when we are both single we don't have to have a conversation of like so we can flirt again we just naturally fall into this like really fun banter and it's playful and it's what's the word implicative right it's always like the subtle implications and things like that and it's just fun and we also in that same conversation, we'll be like, oh, I went on this really great date. And without having to say, you know, and this is what this means for us automatically. Oh, you're going on a second date with her understood. Right. 
we're not going to be messaging at 1am anymore. We're not going to be having these kinds of conversations because even though that's not your person out of respect for like, you're actually investing in someone and trying to develop something. Mm -hmm. I'm going to know my place. Um, Mm -hmm. And they were like, no, that's not a thing that any of us have. They were like, no, no, no. Like the only friends that they're like flirty with are all exes. And I was like, then that's not your Mm -hmm. friend. Because you didn't say it's my friend who I happen to date. You said it's my ex. That is who they are mm-hmm. to you, right? They're not at your core, your friend. They're your ex who you happen to still be in communication with. And every once in a while you flirt. And I'm like, no, no, no. These are friends that I've never dated who like we just enjoy this kind of connection and this kind of banter. Um, and they were like, now nah, you're built different. And I was like, but there's so there must be so many people who like have there 40 are. friends, even if they don't call For it sure. that. For sure. And that distinction you make is so important. Okay, like what was your experience? Is this truly your friend or was this somebody who you had a sexual encounter with or met or like you guys were actually dating and then you became friends after that? That's a little different because a lot of people will put that in situation like, oh, my, we're friends. But did you meet them as friends or did you meet them as a partner? And then now you're not partners anymore mm-hmm. and now you're flirting with them. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But there's different. And yeah, exactly. There's tears to it. And I think like as the person, let's say like the person who um, on the outside of the group, let's say like um, it's just asking, you know, asking your partner, hoping you hopefully your partner is honest with you. Yeah. Right. And being like, yeah, we're just friends. And then. The only thing you can do is trust from there, honestly, and just say like, okay, I'll see what my comfort level is in this. But just also knowing like, I don't know, it's it's complicated too because it's so different with every every relationship. Yeah. But, um, but it, to the point that we were saying in the beginning, like it's so important to have these friendships though. It's important to have those connections that you can be romantic with, affectionate with, and it not mean that you're dating. And it doesn't mean that you're being sexual because it's like, you affectionate with your brother and your sister and clearly you're not (laughs) you're not involved in that way so why is it different if we're not biologically related right so people don't question it happening in that way so um it's important yeah and I think the way that we've um we're just like torturing ourselves by waiting to be in a relationship with somebody to receive affection or to give affection because no, we're humans. We need affection. Yeah. <laughs> we need that much. We need that. And that's, yeah. I think what you also said points out how heteronormative we are because, exactly. you know, people seeing me sit on Colin's lap is going to be a like, was good. But if I was sitting on your lap or if I was sitting on my friend Desi's lap, no one would think anything of it because there's that heteronormative lens. But, Okay, so we have so many things that we could be talking about. Yeah. Um, and I want to hit some of these as well. They align to a degree. Um, and so we're going to go into this little segment that I have for the moment coined quotes and questions. Um, as y'all know, I am always posting my thoughts, reposting um, quotes or questions on my Instagram stories just because I'm really curious and I I asked y'all what you come to my page for and what 
kind of the value is in my content. And a lot of people have said that I am a conversation starter. I get them thinking about things that they were not thinking about. And so I was like, let's run with that. My biggest thing is like, I repost things that I'm investigating, right? So I repost things that I see and I'm like, I don't know if I fully agree with this. And so I always want it to be a like a reminder to interrogate the things that you see, right? Don't take things at face value in the sense of like, understand them for what they are, but think critically about whether or not you align with what it's saying. And especially in social media, like I think we accept a lot of contradictory, why can I not speak today? I think as a society, we collectively accept a lot of contradictory ideas, right? There's this idea that like, um, what is yours will never leave you. And there's also this idea that what is yours will always come back to you. Pick one, honey. Pick one. <laughs> but so often we just yeah. accept both. We just say, yeah, because it sounds good in a moment. And often you're not delivered at the same time together. Yeah. So you're just like, here's one one day, here's one the other day from a different mm. platform, from a different person through a different context. Yeah. So we're like, but in the same conversation <laughs> for two different situations, someone could reference those ideas, right? Maybe not in those mm-hmm. same words. And it's made me think like, well, which one do you believe? Right. And because I've so been guilty of it and I'm still, I've caught myself in it. And now I've been like, ah, which one do I believe? Good mm-hmm. question. Um, so with that, these are just conversation starters. Some of the polls that I have posted in the past two to three weeks, I am going to read or ask you about them and then also reveal the results for everyone who is interested. So there was this quote uh, posted on the page, the good quote, and it says, Soulmates will always end up together, no matter how much love was lost and no matter how much distance there was. You lose each other to find each other again. That is what it's like when someone is meant for you. If they leave, they'll return and stay forever. When you hear that, do you agree or disagree? Those are interesting words to pose. I don't know if I disagree or agree. It's some the topic of soulmate I've pondered on for so long. I don't know what I believe yet in that department. Mm. I know that the quote sounds real cute and ah. like <laughs> flowery. So immediately you want to say, ooh, yes, yep. exactly. Boom. So it goes to speak why we often agree with things. Like that is the power of um strong copy. And you're like, oh yes. Yep. <laughs> but um I don't know yet because I need to experience this more I need to experience love a little bit more experience relationships a little bit more Mm. I've only had this conversation about soulmates with one person so I like just referencing that I want to disagree with this question I mean with this quote based on that experience because I don't think we have one soulmate Mm. that's one also Things can be, I mean, it also depends on like, you know, what you believe in and what guides your life, right? But things can be divine, like put in order for you, but you also have free will, Yep. right? And so you can very easily block blessings, miss out on what was quote unquote meant for you because of the decisions you make, especially if you aren't in alignment or or following any sort of belief system of any kind, right? Mm-hmm. You can miss these things because you're living 
without intention or you're making certain decisions it's not right or wrong it just means you made a decision and it has a consequence and not all the time will it um will it put you in the position to receive a blessing or a soulmate so if we're talking about you know they'll stay they return if let's say that the person I dated in New York is my soulmate well, I'm here in Amsterdam and I don't think I'm going back to New York. So <laughs> and that was a decision that I made. And who knows, these people could have been designed for me and we could be meant to be together. Who knows? But I'm here and I'm happy here. So it's like this quote and quotes like it, just like, I'm still trying to understand because like, you can't, you can't wait around at, to some degree and say like, okay, like, you know, they're going to come back. This on a third people make decisions and you have to make decisions too. And it's all, de- and it all depends on so many different things. So I think that's why I think we have so many different soulmates based on where we are and what decisions we make. So um, who knows, man, I don't know. I'm still figuring it out. I'm still figuring it out. I don't think I've met my soulmate. Just, I can say that. I don't think I've met them. Um, I do feel it coming in the near future. Um, but to say that we will be together, that can that can very much not happen. I can meet my soulmate and make a decision to, you know, not be the best person I can be and the person doesn't want to be with me anymore. Or I can make the decision mm-hmm. to be a terrible partner to them and, and they leave me. Or I can make the decision to leave Amsterdam or leave wherever I am and we can't be together because of decision. So mm-hmm. it's not, you know, the world happens. And so you, there's no guarantee that they'll stay forever or all this other stuff. You are in the majority with, I know that you are interrogating it as the whole point is. Um, and so I know you don't have a definitive stance, but everything that you're saying, I think is like more so on the disagree like yeah there could be moments but as like a guiding principle you disagree and you are in the majority with 19 people saying disagree and eight people saying agree so over you know double the amount of people disagree than agree I think it's really interesting because I disagree that it's a guiding principle but I agree with this idea that a lost love will always come back to you. I Hmm. disagree that it will stay forever, but I think it will always return in some form. And I think that's my thing is like, I, I don't know that I've met my soulmate as in like the person that God wants me to spend my whole life with, but I've met soulmates. Like I've met people who were purposely put in my life because our souls aligned so intrinsically. And like, there was this kind of unspoken magic between us. And Mm. those are my soulmates too, right? They're not my life partners. They're not my future husband, but they're my soulmates, right? And we, I also though disagree with the idea that soulmates intrinsically are supposed to be forever. And I think that is where Mm. at the core, I would disagree with this is because I, definitely not at this moment. I would say all the soulmates I've met at this moment are still in my life since we've met, but I don't think if any of those relationships went sour, that would negate the fact that they were my soulmate for this phase of my life. Right. And I think about this idea of like, you lose each other to find each other again. That one line I kind of adore if I'm being totally honest, I kind of am obsessed with it because I think you lose each other to find yourselves and in finding yourselves, you find each other again. 
And that's why I'm saying you may find each other again to be like, ah, the healed version of you and the healed version of me. Like that's what was meant to be magic. Or you may find each other again to reaffirm the decision that like we are not meant to be. But either way, I think you find each other again. And that's why I'm saying I think they always return. I don't think they always stay forever. But I think you will always cross paths with someone who you've shared an intimate connection with in some form, logistically because social media exists, but also just like kind of in terms of the way of the universe, you will constantly repeat the same lesson until you pass. And so if people are your lessons or if certain relationships or certain dynamics are your lesson, you may run into your ex in a coffee shop and the lesson may be I didn't feel that electricity when I saw them or the lesson may be, wow, it's been 13 years uh, divorced later, but I see their face and like everything in me lights up either way they return. So like that part sticks out to me. I have to agree with you on that actually. And that the way that you put it, like a part of this statement absolutely makes sense. Like the staying again, like people make decisions, things happen, but the return can very much happen. Like coincidentally, not coincidentally. Right. Um, yes. Social media can keep you guys connected, but it also means like you have to make the choice to stay connected, but then oftentimes you will see somehow, some way you're like, how do you know this person who I know we're back and things are like, things happen in that way. And I absolutely um yeah. no even if you weren't dating them even friends right I mean it's something me and my friend Anthony say often when we think about people from college who we are connected to and the ones who are we are not connected to doesn't mean we had a falling out it just means we just weren't there and he always says you know the people who are meant to be in your life they will and we will we will always find a way to stay connected mm-hmm. with me being here you being in Chicago or wherever we are in the world so I completely agree with you with yeah. that returning um specifically what you were saying about like having to fall out to find each other I had a relationship just like that like we were our first everything fell out Mm -hmm. hated each other like had so much hate for each other because we had so much love for each other right and after we got over that hate after we got the perspective we needed about the relationship we realized like I loved you for a reason you were my best friend you know and now we're still best friends Mm -hmm. like now we He's all the way in Texas. I'm all the way here. We talk all the time. Like, and it's a hundred percent platonic. It's not even like that ex you were low key wish you were together with. Like we both know what it is, but that, that time we had apart is the only reason we were able to be friends right now and really understand each Mm -hmm. other even better than we did when we were 17, 16. Right. Yeah. That's, that brings up a question that I just thought of. Have you ever hated to love someone? Like you ever love someone and be like, bro, I hate that I love you. Yes. (laughs) It's so disrespectful. It's so rude (laughs) that like, that's an emotion people can The way that I felt that. (laughs) Like talk about the electric touch. Like that was it right there. I'm weak. Talk to me about it. (laughs) I don't know how to get it out. I'm like, it's struggling. I remember thinking this. I said this to my best friend. I hate that I love him so much. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. But the only reason, and this can be different for everyone. The only reason my like hate or frustration for the love existed because 
I didn't know how to love him from far. I didn't know how to love him without being with him. And so I had to accept that we weren't compatible. We're, we're not compatible. We, we're, we just shouldn't be together in that way. That's what I hated. And so because I hated our incompatibility and I hated that we couldn't be together, I didn't want to love him because it felt like torture. Mm. That's so interesting. Do you think, not to interrogate Please you, do, literally girl. I'm over here giving all my business because like I'm saying anything that I would 100% <laughs> confirm and have no problem if it went anywhere else. So <laughs> I love that. No, because it really is. It's your story and it's yours to share. Um, this isn't the details mm-hmm. about the story, but just a, like, do you think compatibility is circumstantial? Or does true compatibility transcend circumstance? I've never thought of it that way. Some good questions there. Does compatibility, say that one more time. Does compatibility transcend circumstance Mm. or is compatibility circumstantial? I want to say it's circumstantial because, and this depends on your definition of compatibility, right? So I say compatibility as in able to be in a healthy relationship. Right, right. So that means like this, because of that, I agree with that's the definition I'm thinking of. And because of that, it has to be, the circumstances have to allow for it. Because the ability, and the circumstance can be a lot of things like, you know, where you are emotionally, where you are, um, you know, if you are literally in the same space, you know, if if you can deal with being apart, you know, in different um, locations, like, the circumstance where you are, your reality and their reality will allow for that compatibility or Mm -hmm. or won't, right? So it doesn't have to mean like, for example, being in the same age bracket and the same career and the same, you know, city, that doesn't mean compatibility. Just like, you know, being in different locations doesn't mean incompatibility. What is your circumstance? Are you able to um, you know, be a part in different locations and maintain a relationship because you guys are compatible in other mm-hmm. compartments, right? Or you guys literally have everything else checked off the box, but you're not compatible because there's, you know, this personal things in your in, inside you that don't allow for a healthy relationship. So the circumstance to me is your reality. Mm-hmm. And it, because you are joining, right, to some extent, your realities have to work have to be not a match but just like you know not identical but they have to work together and it sucks though when you have great chemistry with somebody oh. but you're just not compatible <laughs> um and that can be from many things like I've had lots of lots of people who were a lot older than me who great yeah. chemistry but the incompatibility was our stage yeah. in life like I'm just not who I want to be or who I need to be you were looking for a wife I'm not yep. there you know those like practice things and I'm like the circumstance I'm in college yeah, no like, listen <laughs> I can't promise you I'm not gonna be yeah. out here being little, I may be know? Mrs. Wright but I'm only prepared to be <laughs> Mrs. Wright now like right say that one more time girl I may be Mrs. Wright but I'm only prepared to be Mrs. Wright now I know that like controversy makes really interesting content but I I agree with you um I I think it's a lovely idea that compatibility transcends circumstance. And I think the only reason that I disagree with the idea that that's true compatibility is because I think about all of the relationships 
that I have ever seen on film, media, in my own life. (laughs) And proximity plays a huge role in the success because I'm not saying long distance relationships can't work. I've been in them and they've worked fine. But and or they've worked fine in the sense that like distance wasn't the reason we ended. Right. I've been in relationships where distance was the reason we ended. But at its core, every long distance relationship that I know of, the end goal was to close the distance. No one wanted to stay in a long distance partnership. And so who you are as people, your communication style, your sexuality, your goals, your life purpose all of it's compatible. But if the circumstances are incompatible, it goes back to you of one of two choices. Either you change something or you accept this incompatibility as like finite or not finite as final and you go your separate ways. And maybe if you end up in the same town in 10 years, bringing it back to that quote, you'll find each other again. Find each other again. Right. We always see it in all the movies. Yeah. City. No, seriously. And and that's such a great point that you make. Even though there are relationships that are working, their end goal is this is temporary. Eventually yeah. we will be in the same city. Whether or not we're going to be in the relationship while we wait is up to us. But that yeah. is the end goal because it is such a crucial part. Like we were talking about affection. When you we need that physical touch as humans. As much as people don't want to admit it, people are like, I don't need yep. this. No, as as creatures, we need that physical touch. And when you have got to that point with somebody where you are in love with them and you're compatible and you have that chemistry, you it's not that you need them, you want to, you want to be around them, mm-hmm. you want to experience your life with them. And that doesn't mean like you're up under each other, but it just means that you get to actually do those beautiful things that relationship can do when you have that, you know, proximity. Yeah. Um, and that is like one of the deal breakers with the compatibility. Listen, this yeah. if right. I have to travel, like, you know, that's the difference life. between Mr. Right and Mr. Right now, truthfully, that could be the- that really be the difference. And that's, that's what you really ask somebody if she was in this city, would we be dating right now? No. Okay. So go to your missus because mm-hmm. clearly, yeah, circumstance. Truly. And here's the thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with being Mr. or Mrs. right now, as long as y'all are both looking for Mr. or Mrs. right now. Right. Um, Cause I think this is a little off topic, but within that realm, right. Of like, you don't need anyone, but you need people. And I yes. think that's a, a big distinction that people don't like make is like, you don't need any single person. Right. No one needs Sienna specifically, but y'all need people. You need community. You need, you know what I mean? It's it's a beautiful idea to be like, yo, I need you in my life. And people can truly feel that way. But the reality is like your life will go on without any one individual person, but your life exactly. will not go on without people, without community. So like, it's really interesting. Um mm-hmm. And I was talking about that with my friend the other day where, or actually that was one of the polls. So let's jump to that. If you meet someone who meets 85% of your criteria for a partner, is that settling? I I think I answered this poll. I low-key forgot what I said. (laughs) A lot of people answered this. So I was really intrigued. I mean- that's hard because what boxes did you check it depends because if my criteria has like those priority boxes and you met like all except the priority boxes 
Oh, no, I'm joking. I don't think it's settling. <laughs> um, that That is, I will say, though, that was a really common, uh, not argument, I guess, but that was a really common stance was like, well, it depends on what which what's the missing 15. And mm-hmm. I hear that. Here's my maybe this is illogical, but I, I think it's logical. Here's my logic is that there is no way. I will know that you meet 85% of my criteria if you didn't meet my priority criteria. That first 10% exactly. is crucial. If you got through this this far, that means you got past all that red exactly. line. Exactly. You got past that red line. So that means everything else was just fluff. Like it would be nice. Yeah. Fluff, but also like really 100% of your criteria. If we're going to be honest, a lot of our lists besides the priority, it's like, this would be nice, but we have to understand that there are people who are going to show you what you didn't even know you wanted. Didn't even know, show you what you, oh, I didn't even know I liked this because mm-hmm. you can only make a criteria of like, quote unquote, perfect person based on what you know, based on what you've experienced. But if someone shows you something new, a new type of love, a new type of enjoyment, it could be as simple as like, I've never gone hiking before and this person has taken me hiking and now that is why I fall in love with this person. That It could be that simple or it could be something even as deep as you only love how you were taught to love, right? So if my understanding of love is in a partic- is is through material, for example, not saying this wrong or right, but just that that's mm-hmm. my, my way of love. And, this, and I'm saying- no, sorry, we can't be together because you don't meet my love language, which is material, but you didn't even know that your other love language is actually, uh, you know, quality time. Yeah. And that's what they're willing to offer you, right? And that, what you now learn actually trumps all the material things that you were, you know, expecting. Mm-hmm. So I say all that to say, like, you you can learn, a, that's 85 is a lot. 85 is a lot. 85 is a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> if you said like 50, I'd be like, okay, er. But I've actually go through this when I'm like, when I'm trying to understand if I want to continue seeing somebody, there's often I'm like, you know, they don't meet that box or this box or this box, but, but they have all these other things that are so amazing that I didn't even consider. And that also comes to like acceptance, right? And I don't think it's settling. It's like, yo, if I get to this point where I have to consider if I want to even be with you, like you've gotten pretty far with me if I'm even having that conversation with myself, yeah, you know? You just said like you had to have come pretty far. You've had to already have met some priority. Um, hopefully for that person setting those barriers. Hopefully you're not just like, you know, willy wallying and accepting any old thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But to say like, oh, I need 100% of my criteria met. You're going to go through a lot of disappointment if you drop every person who didn't meet that like final set mm-hmm. of things. Cause you have to ask yourself like, okay, hold up. I'm not saying lower your standards, but always reconsider. If it seems to be that this particular thing you're looking for isn't happening, just reconsider. Okay. Is this like really, why do I, why do I feel like I absolutely need this? Why is this a deal breaker for me? Mm-hmm. Why? I'm not saying to drop it. Just, just, you know, or rather not why, but where am I looking? Why do I keep finding people who don't meet this criteria? Am I looking in the wrong place? Yeah. Right. I intentionally look for my people in the coffee shops. I know what I'm doing. I look. Lo- okay. <laughs> wow. I go to 
Okay, Miss Amber Paris, I'm gonna <laughs> say my person. No, you stepped into dog. your highest self when you said that. I need absolutely all the details. She said, I know what I'm doing and I do it well. So please <laughs> enlighten I us. I go to the cafe and I look cute and I'll be feeling real nice. And I'm just hoping that I'm gonna find my person I'm in there. So all I'm saying is if you keep finding that person who don't get that 15, and that 15 means a lot to you. Where are you looking? Are you looking in the right place? Because we always go where we're comfortable, you know? That's true. Um, so why a coffee shop? Why? <laughs> I must know. I love coffee culture. I love cafe culture. And mm. it also comes with a personality type. It not, it's not very strict. It's not rigid. Yeah. You know, there's different types of people that will be there, of course. But spending time in cafes is such a huge part of me just like whether I'm sad I'm excited I want to be productive I want to be creative and that's the quality time that I hope to spend with the person who I'm dating or in love whatever we're doing whether we're friends or dating we're in love we're going to get married that is where I like to spend quality time and if you are in that cafe I can guarantee you most likely enjoy doing that with your partner as well not saying that people who are in the cafe don't but nine times out of ten if you chilling on that little side table with your little latte reading a book i know we gonna get along (laughs) i am it's also very sexy to me i love seeing like i love seeing somebody who i'm attracted to in a cafe just relaxing i'm like oh yep you look real good right now the way you Mm -hmm. just sitting in that chair (laughs) stop stop it it's just it's something about it maybe it's a fantasy maybe it's coming from the movies who knows where it comes from but maybe it's all of it. i've never been wrong about it i've met some great people in cafes i believe and that i wholeheartedly believe that wow all right goes to local cafe noted um i i'm so intrigued by that <laughs> i'm i'm stuck on that um Listen, that guys who like they are diehard like baristas and they have been like the most fun partners I've had to say the least that's so cute oh my god okay (laughs) wait I have so many things to say about this um all of the things so the first thing I want to say is to your point about like I think it's okay to interrogate why you want things I think you should interrogate why you want things but I also think not everything you want is what you need And so Mm -hmm. there's this like, here's this 100% match of everything that you said you wanted. But there's the intangible things. There's the indescribable things that you can't put words to. And I think in there lies the true magic of any like lifelong successful relationship. Also, not every Mm -hmm. relationship needs to be lifelong to be successful. Um, That's a word. (laughs) <laughs> I feel like that's tea sometimes. Uh, but not every ended relationship is a failed relationship, right? You're that was needed. That was absolutely needed. And so I think about that often. So is it settling? I think no. We are in the majority. 90 people, nine zero said no. 25 people said yes, it's settling, which one. Instagram hates me recently, y'all. So you hear these numbers, you see the engagement. Let's bring it back to that. Just, just show your girl some love. But two, 
it really is interesting to me because here's the thing. No shade, no tea to that 25%. You can get 100% of what you want, but understand that you have to be exceptional. You have to be. Are you, are you that 100%? Are you 100% of what you want? Are you disciplined, creative, sexy, all of these things? And be honest with yourself. Because I think a lot of the times, which is really ironic, I think it's really ironic that a lot of people have lower self-esteem than they should, right? A lot of people lack confidence, but they will hold people to the highest standard when looking for people in their life. And I'm not saying you shouldn't. What I'm saying is give grace where you need it. Boom. And so if you want 100%, go out and get it go out and get you hundred percent and I will cheer and applaud for you all throughout the way. Understand though, that if you are not a hundred percent of what you want, it's rare, damn near impossible to be a hundred percent of what someone else wants. Um, it also feels like, it sounds like a hundred percent is perfection. And so one try to be perfection or chase perfection or expect perfection is so unrealistic. And it's, it's an illusion. It, it is. is an illusion. It's an illusion. perfection is imp- like that's what that's what perfection means to me when somebody isn't perfect I'm like mm. and only like you just said only when you can be confident in your imperfections can you accept somebody else's imperfections yeah so that's what that 15% is missing it's like because imagine imagine you did get that 100% would you actually be happy or would you be like I actually need 150 I'm, if you got what? that hundred, she said y'all are insatiable. Satisfied. She said y'all are insatiable is what she just said. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> she may have just called y'all out. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. I'm myself. I used to be the same. I really used to be that way. I really used to, and and the only and when I was when I dropped that five percent, when I dropped that ten and then that mm-hmm. twenty, I actually started enjoying dating. And learning mm-hmm. and actually taking some things off my list and adding things to my list. Like yep. I said earlier, I started learning what I didn't even know I liked, what I didn't know I wanted because I let some things go. I lived a little and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I was holding you to this crazy standard. Little did I know you had this amazing other personality that I didn't even know. Yeah. Not even personality, this other trait or skill or cool yeah. thing about your quirk. That's so unique to you. I had no idea existed. And I was ready yeah. to drop you because you didn't meet that 15. Mm-hmm. I also want to say when I it's we've been talking about list. I will say if someone interpreted criteria as purely those deal breakers, then I agree. I think if oh, they meet 85% of your deal breakers. You're settling because you're not getting 100% of your deal breakers. But I yeah. also think people's priorities when it comes to dating are out of whack. Mm. like what does that mean I think because we're in our young 20s a lot of people in their 20s in general will have their list of like here are my deal breakers and here are kind of the fluff things that are still important to me but they may not be the deal breakers right but you will say okay you meet all of my deal breakers but you don't meet these like three fluff things and in my head I know that they're not deal breakers for like longevity, but they're deal breakers for right now. And so I'm like, so then your priority right now is not longevity and that's fine. But then don't hold people accountable to the standards of longevity when that's not what you're actually looking for. Right. Mm -hmm. Again, if you're looking for Mr. Right now, find Mr. Right now. 
and you'll find Mr. Right later. Mm-hmm. But find Mr. Right now if that's what you're looking for, because firsthand experience my criteria for my like lifelong partner is not the same criteria for my flirty friend or my friends with benefits we have so much more learning to do yeah we have so much more experience to to be had to make that list and things change and I also this is a sermon on transformation church um because like I'm faith-based and all of that and so when I think about that there was a sermon called rip up your list where it was like, you don't know what you need. God knows what you need. God will give you what you need. Relax. Rip it up. Um, And I was like, "Mm, that read me to filth. That's fine. Um, Because I definitely have written down my like ideal partner. And here's the thing. As I become more clear, and Lord knows it is a process, but as I day by day, I'm taking the smallest baby steps to getting clarity on what God put me on this earth to do, the more clear I understand the kind of people that I need to be in community with, the more clear I understand what complements me and what serves me best, even if it's frustrating. Mm. And there's this whole idea of like, be their peace. And yes and no. I actually posted a poll this morning. It's been up for like an hour, so I doubt it's super interactive with. But do you like a little bit of chaos in your relationships? And if I'm going to be a buck, yes. Hell yeah. I want I want it to be characterized as peaceful. The overarching emotion that I want to feel with my partner is peace. But I want some chaos. I can't even lie. I can't say what you want. I'm just being honest. I <laughs> enjoy it. Because it builds the care, it builds the trust, it builds the relationship. It built that's when you boom. When I know that I have become a we are friends is when we can go through conflict and we are good if mm. we've never gone through conflict if everything's all peaches and roses and, and cream and, and and I had no like how do I know that like you know I got your back and you got mine how do I know that you can accept me at my ugliest and my worst and my not so pretty like mm. that's where I establish like oh like this is a connection that like is like there's less longevity right so if there yeah. is chaos how do you because it's such a human, natural human nature to all these different emotions, the, the sad, mm-hmm. the angry, the jealousy, they're natural and they're okay. So if you don't see those parts of somebody, let's say for the first five years of your relationship, do you know your partner? What kind of, like, what kind of relationship have you built with them? If mm. you've never seen those parts of them. That's so true. That's why I'm saying if you get to a point where you can see 85% of someone, I don't think it's settling because they've made it past so much. (laughs) They've made it past so much. And like even that 15%, just because it doesn't meet your criteria doesn't mean you don't enjoy it. Boom. Right. Exactly. Like there's, there's so much there. Um, But I also, because obviously we're talking about dating and love and relationships and it makes me think, have you ever been on OkCupid, the app? No. Okay. OkCupid is the only dating app that shows you a percentage of compatibility based on your profile, which I eat it up. I think it's so interesting. It's like my big, I honestly should have done my thesis on it. I should have done some sort of like sociological experiment because I'm so intrigued by it now. Um, 
where like you fill out a profile, you answer some questions and it'll show you based on the questions that you've both answered. And then if you want a more accurate rating, you answer questions that they answered that you haven't so that they can compare your answers and it'll change your compatibility score in real time. And it's really, it, here's the thing. I think this app is the most thorough app I've ever seen in terms of the data that I ask you. Mm-hmm. It asks you gender, what you're looking for, your sexuality. Um, and when I say what you're looking for, I mean like in terms of gender, but also like, are you looking for friends, short-term dating, long-term dating, or purely hookups? And all of that information is on your profile. You, that needs to be on every damn dating app ever existed. <laughs> That's honestly, it's like one of my first five questions. If I match with, if, when I match with people, let's <laughs> relax. Um, when I match with people, it's always one of my first questions. Like, Hey, so what brings you on insert platform? What are you looking for? Girl, I got a whole story for you right now. Wait, Go gonna- for it. Listen, <laughs> I, I'm so prepared for story time. Also, the New York is popping out. Cause you <laughs> All right, so boom, every other like every other moment. And I was like, all right, listen, you could take the girl out of New York, but you damn sure can't take that New York out <laughs> of the girl. That is the funniest thing I've ever heard because sometimes it comes out at work and I see my colleagues get so like, ah, it's oh. my favorite thing. <laughs> you go, all right, so boom. And I was like, ah, I was like, she could have been I more excited New York if she tried. I'm like, it's so funny. Every time this happens at work, I see my supervisor's eyes just like light up. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> but yeah, wow, that was so funny. Um, I because I think that question, first of all, okay, Cupid, like the whole percentage thing, questionable. We got that's the topic. But asking, like having public, what are you looking for? Is so important. <laughs> I couldn't even Girl. say that word. And I don't understand why it hasn't been on other apps or why it's even allowed to be private Mm -hmm. I mean okay there's something to go into that yes but people are so taken back when you ask that question because they Mm -hmm. immediately think you're asking them for commitment I said what are you looking for I didn't say do you want to marry me and for some reason people get so afraid of that question for many reasons but it frustrates me that that they don't want to answer it or that they lie about it because I'm just like they're so selfish because mm-hmm. you are just protecting your ability to move forward with this situation. Because you know that if you give the quote unquote wrong answer, I could walk away and you mm-hmm. don't want that, right? And so this happened recently where, cause I didn't do this at first. I just started being more open about this and actually asking the question because I kept finding myself mm-hmm. in the same situation. Finding myself in the situation where we were clearly not looking for the same thing. And I'm like, this is like weeks, months into the situation. I could have like figure this out sooner so I asked that question and the dude says oh I'm just looking to meet new people I'm like okay you're not gonna tell me what you really mean but I know what that means okay yeah so I went from there then he kisses me that same day okay okay you were here to just meet new people you kiss everybody you meet 
we need to get more clarity on this. So I asked him, (laughs) like, I really wish you had just said that. Like, I really (laughs) wish that when he kissed you, you would just been like, so you kiss everyone you meet. (laughs) Like, I really would have loved to have seen that. I really wish I did too. I really wish I did, but I didn't process it until later because I was real into the moment and shit. Like we have, we we didn't like, we didn't get far, but like we he planted it and I let him plant it because I wanted him to and then it was only after that when I like reflected on the date and I was like hold up he, huh. I'm not about to be in a situationship again we mm. friends with benefits is possible all this other stuff is possible yeah. but you did not say that Yo. and that's why I don't respect if you would have just said I'm just looking to do this I'm just looking for that you didn't say that you said, I'm just looking to be people okay so I took your word for it so when I investigated further, he got so frustrated and he says, you are looking for a committed, because I told him I'm looking for a committed relationship eventually. I didn't say I was looking for a committed relationship with you. I said, eventually <laughs> you placed oh, yourself his in that bubble. <laughs> yeah. So when I approached him about it again, I'm like, yo, like, you know, I'm just confused because X, Y, and Z. Oh, Amber, let's remember that what I said was this and what you said was that. Yeah, but what you did was kiss me. And I don't kiss yeah. my friends. Mm-hmm. Right. And so this he was really trying to play me. And I'm like, uh-uh, Mr. Man, I'm taking mm-hmm. down the fourth wall. Like, we're not in a freaking show right now. We listen, and he wasn't used to somebody doing that. So he was mm-hmm. so like caught, you know what I mean? In a way. And I wasn't trying to catch him. I wasn't trying to be like sneaky. I just, I'm asking you to be honest because if you want to be friends and this is the crazy thing about it, where, where people self-sabotage, if you wanted to be friends, I actually like you enough to just be friends with you. But since you did that, I don't even want to be your friend. Mm. I'm not here for it because you ghosted me after I started asking you serious questions because you felt so offended by them and you felt like I was trying to like tie you down. I'm just trying to figure out what my boundaries are and what boundaries to put up for you because I'm not going to act a certain way with somebody who I'm just hanging out with. Yeah, We're not doing that, right? And I had this conversation with another dude who was telling me his version of the story where he told a, a young lady, yeah, I'm just, I'm seeing other people. Mm-hmm. when he told her this she stopped seeing him she said I'm sorry but I'm not comfortable with that I don't want to see you anymore and he tells me I wish I didn't tell her the truth because oh. we would have actually had sex that night girl I oh. said so this is what y'all be thinking block I'm so sorry I, hate <gasps> I can't I was like no no keep being honest please we yeah. need more I'm like, that's, that's where the selfishness came in. You were ready to lie to get what you want in that moment because you're not willing to risk not, but you have no idea what, what they're going to say. I could say, I want the same thing as you just be that's honest. That's why I asked first. That's why I asked first. Cause I want to know without my influence. Exactly. What, what's up. Girl. Um, and I will always ask clarifying questions and then they'll be like, how about it's a very natural thing. If you ask someone, what are you looking for? They tell you, and then they'll be like, how about you? But if your answer is not clear, I'm asking a follow-up question exactly. before I'm giving you my answer because I know how y'all play. And women do it too. I'm not going to sit here and say Absolutely. this is purely men. But in my experience, as someone who only dates men, I'm going to call y'all out. Um, <laughs> Do better. Because, <laughs> no, I, you know what it is though? I think it's really interesting because I don't even think that it's, for your experience, it may have been that he was offended. In my experience, 
guys generally aren't offended they're so caught off guard that a woman is asking them they're not used to women being like kind of assertive and blunt in that way especially so early on on a dating app right exactly that's why a lot of dating apps to your point don't put that information out there well we're a dating app everyone wants to date we I think the world has kind of generally agreed that tinder is mainly for hookups hinge (laughs) is mainly for relationships and okcupid is like random here and there for me it's sociology that's really what it's for literally so intrigued by this like y'all are really trying to make compatibility numerical like y'all are trying to quantify it and that's strange to me I think Mm -hmm. it's interesting I don't think it's I think it can be effective. I don't think it's the surefire way, but like whatever floats your boat, right? If you're super analytical, but I think that would be really interesting for those people who say 85%. What if you match with someone who's a 72? What's good? And this is literally what we see on dating shows all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you really, I, I don't really watch dating shows that often, but if I just remember the ones that I have seen, mm-hmm. you know, they have the ones that will like, I'm sure they do some sort of facilitation behind the scenes or whatever, but we always see this trying to make people compatible or the other way around. Like people are going to find each other. Oh, going back to that quote, right? They will find each other. It can't be numerical. You can try and it will look cute for a little meanwhile because people know how to flirt. People know how to make things look good. Mm But what's not real will be exposed. It will well, always be exposed. Everything. Absolutely. I stand by this from like literally from the mountaintops. Absolutely. Everything done in the dark will come to light. Mm-hmm. You do not have to look for it. It <laughs> will always, it literally will just always come to light. Exactly. You don't know when, you don't know how. that's none of your concern understand though that all of the shady ish you do will have some light shown on it at some point and it's up it depends how soon or how late it happens depends on what your what questions you're asking we're talking about compatibility you're gonna know real soon that you guys were on different stages and not looking for the same thing Mm -hmm. when it's time to have that question of what are we well had you asked these questions sooner you would have been being able to make certain decisions on whether you're going to stay or whether you were going to go. And mm-hmm. if you stayed to what degree was that relationship going to, you know, happen? This reminds me of a Grey's episode, which <laughs> so long ago. But I love that show. <laughs> I love that show. I still watch it religiously. But this is an old episode because it's when Warren and Bailey are first dating. Mm-hmm. And I think he invited her over for dinner or something like that. He was cooking is all I remember. And she essentially goes, all right, so what are you looking for? Because you're doing this, that, and the third and da, 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 da. And she like goes on this spiel and she's just, she's clearly like wounded. Like it's a wounded woman speech and we all know it. Um, and I was like, oh, I just want to give her a hug. Because um, she was so fed up with like, I'm done with going on X amount of dates to them be like, oh, you're a great friend. And Warren was like, I'm not looking for a friend. I have enough friends. I'm looking for my woman. And you oh. could see everything in her that was like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Like, she ate it up. What? It was amazing. And he like made a move on her and he was like, 
Miranda, and first of all, the fact that he called her Miranda, and I'm so used to her being called like Dr. Bailey, I was like, oh, but then it was amazing because it was like, you, what did he say? He said, you're used to talking at people because you are this very like powerful doctor, woman leader. We are on a date. Talk to me. And I was like, oh my God. And I just, I will never forget like the grace that he used in that situation is what was so seductive and so attractive. Mm -hmm. And I was like, from then on, I was like, they are everything because and this, not in a misogynistic way at all, the way that he, what I wanted to say was the way that he handles her. And I know how that sounds, but what I mean is like the way that he can see understand and adjust accordingly in real time and like yes i know it's scripted but just let me have this moment um (laughs) right like that that in of itself was like oh okay Uh uh-huh more of that (laughs) like scripted but somebody had to have experienced that or thought about it to write it it is possible i think those kind of relationships are possible that kind of behavior that kind of healthy you know saying what you want it is possible and so we always say this to each other or even to ourselves it's just a movie yeah but these movies are supposed to influence us just as much as they reflect what we're doing you can use these things to be better men better women better people like and better just meaning saying what you want and what you mean and not being ashamed of it and that doesn't mean like and, and what that means is also like if you want to just hook up, that is okay. No one's saying that you have to want a commitment and that's what we're asking you to be honest about. No, in fact, be more honest if you're not looking for commitment because more times than not, the people who are looking for a commitment are talking with people who want to hook up. We need to know that real yep. quick. This ain't gonna work. And there's so many women out there who just want to hook up and for some reason men don't believe that to be true and I've spoken to too many men who are like surprised by this they're like oh because all you ladies just want commitment I'm like who told you that who's y'all who is y'all in the same way that not all men want to just hook up up. we have this the reason we keep generalizing is because we're meeting the wrong people for us and so we Mm -hmm. think oh everyone like this you just keep meeting a lot of those kind of people. Yep. Where are you looking? Where are you meeting these people? Figure out your compatibility right now. <laughs> and it's also, I think it's really, the T is that like you could be looking for commitment and still be down for a hookup. I'm looking for my Mr. Right Now and that Mr. My right Now could be a hookup because Mr. Right you know what I mean? Right now. And that's the whole thing, right? <laughs> or I could be looking for Mr. Right and you could be Mr. Right Now and I'm okay with that. Like yes. that's, but that's the thing is that, which is why I think it's so interesting that OK Cupid puts it up, right? Um, and you can mark all of them. And I think okay, most often people will mark all of them. And I remember when I was on Tinder, this was like freshman year of college, is one guy messaged me and he literally was like, hey, I think you're really gorgeous. I am really just looking for like a hookup partner because explicitness um I'm really just looking for like a hookup partner are you down and I was like honestly I'm not but I appreciate like you being up front I'm sure you'll find her and that was it 
no. they like it was so simple and to this day i have so much respect for that guy because i think that might have been the only message i've ever gotten like that which is i'm really not trying to waste your time here's what i want are you down I was not offended that that was all he wanted. I was not offended that that's why he matched with me. I was appreciative of the honesty and like respected it. Mm -hmm. And that's what it was. Mm -hmm. Boom. And that's the thing too, that um, a lot of us have to remember when it comes to honestly, not everyone will like your honesty, but it's still necessary. And that was the message that I said to the young man who told me his story about why he wished he hadn't been honest with her. And I said, the point of being honest isn't to get what you want all the time. Mm. No, it's because it's respectful, one, mm-hmm. and it's necessary. Not yep. the same thing with authenticity. Not everyone's going to be so open to this person who you are. But mm-hmm. the point isn't to be liked by everyone. The point isn't to get what you want. And if you think that is the end goal, that is where you are dating selfishly. Mm. And, and also self-sabotage. You're like, how do you enjoy... You know, at some point, it's going to come out that y'all were looking for something different. How do you enjoy having to have that conversation, go through that awkward breakup, weird situation? Like, it's just so much more fun when you're hooking up with somebody who you know is just that or and, and everything else, you know, that, that follows mm-hmm. that. Just, it mitigates so much drama. Oh my God. This is so interesting. And I love that we could go on forever. Um, I want to wrap it up to be respectful of your time um so i am introducing this new little segment of quick tips where i'm going to pick different fields or aspects of life and ask the guests to give their quick tip right one tip for each category so we'll kick it off with personal wellness what is your quick tip for anyone listening right now on how to improve their personal wellness? So this one is actually quite specific for those who um, live with high functioning anxiety. Every day, twice a day, this is my remedy for just coping as of now, because that's as as far as I could get. Put on some headphones and listen to Willow Smith and Genevieve Harris, born to give on like 100, all the way up, twice a day. Do this twice a day. And I promise you, it will calm you and truly make you feel whole. I promise you, this song is so powerful. This whole EP is, but this particular song is called Born to Give. Put this on in between your Zoom meetings, when that, you know, those thoughts start to cycle through. And just dance it out because this song will seriously just calm you down and just you feel so good. And it's not slow. It got a little bump to it, too. It's like, oh. I got a little bump to it. That's <laughs> so interesting. I don't think I know that. So I'm definitely going to listen like immediately after. Um, but just the name Born to Give automatically would make me think it's for like empaths. So the fact that you say it's people with high functioning anxiety, like I think that's so real. There's so many people, even if you don't have high functioning anxiety, yeah. try it out. It'll definitely help you. I I trust everything Amber Paris is saying. So we're going to switch it over to kind of a larger scope, right? So we did the personal familial wise, right? When you think about familial relationships, do you have any quick tips there? I didn't prepare that one. Um, familial tips. I guess my tip that just comes right to mind is just remember that your parents are human. 
Ooh. And yes. 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 Absolutely. They also made mistakes and they're not perfect. And there's stages to forgiveness. All you have to do is at first just recognize they're human. Mm-hmm. They're not perfect. And they were also confused at some point and made some very tough decisions for you. That And there's a, so much we don't know about that went into those decisions. So mm-hmm. when you're feeling resentful or angry about anything related to your family, remember that they also have human reactions and decisions. Yeah. Parenthood doesn't require perfection. Mm-hmm. Parenthood doesn't automate perfection, right? The second you become a parent, you do not become perfect. Um, Your parents are people. I love that. I think it is much easier said than done. Oh yeah. Um, (laughs) But I think that's one of the most important things, right? Um, Switching it, right? As you said, you are an educator and learner. And so you are creating these spaces for the professional career-driven folks what is your quick tip for them? Oh, yes. Um, postgraduate specifically, do not jump right into your job. Mm. Do not jump right. I mean, if you have a job and you are already, you know, you have that secure before graduating, congratulations. If you don't, enjoy that. Take mm. that summer, that month, whatever it is, And literally just see yourself as a person in this world and not as a student, because that is going, you're, the way you move in the world is going to be so different, especially if you lived on college campus. Mm -hmm. I know that not everyone can afford that, but if you can afford to not work a month after college, even everyone has that in between, while you're searching, while you're searching for your job and your next step, try to enjoy that moment to just see yourself in this new space. Mm-hmm. It, it's going to help you in that in this next stage in life. I think, yeah, sitting with yourself, embracing the moment that you're in, allowing the fact that you are no longer a student to sink in. Yeah, it can can be heavier than people expect, can be more cathartic than people expect. Um, I think it's generally just more when you allow yourself to experience it than you had prepared yourself for. Exactly. So I yeah. love that. And then lastly, on a very like logistical grown woman situation, what is your financial tip for people? So this one is actually isn't tangible. It's not about saving money. It's not about, you know, how to make more money because, you know, I'm still working on that. Actually, my financial <laughs> advice, <laughs> something I've had to learn the because of my break post-college without having a job, Mm -hmm. don't allow your financial status to get in the way of you creating the life you want or even envisioning the life you want. Obviously, like you need money to do certain things, right? Of course. But you have to find ways. We were talking about this on the phone actually before this call last week. You Mm -hmm. have to find ways to be happy now with where you are financially because when you get to that moment that money that you're seeking you're still going to be unhappy if you haven't discovered how to be happy now Mm. you have you have a moment of joy you'll have a moment of satisfaction but if you if your contentment is attached to when you get that money you're going to be real disappointed real soon Mm -hmm. you got to find ways to be happy with your financial situation now because it's not about finances what other experiences can you have and you're also going to realize how much how abundance already lives in you when you come to that that yes mind. 
I love the mindset shift. I will say if I were to nuance that, I would say money can buy temporary happiness, but finances will never determine fulfillment. And I think that's what it is because happiness is an emotion and all emotions are fleeting. So money can buy happiness. I get real happy when I get, you know what I mean? I get real happy when I get this meal that makes me happy, right? It brings me joy. So money can buy me temporary happiness, but no amount of financial success will equate fulfillment. That is intrinsic, right? And I think that's what you're, that's what I'm getting out of what you're saying is more so that. Um, which I absolutely love. So thank you for all of your quick tips. I literally am queuing up my Spotify now. Um, (laughs) but with that, I want to just thank you again for your time, your energy, your just like love and radiance and your critical thought and being a thought partner in all of these things with me and with us in this community. Um, And I want to pass it to you for any final thoughts, things to promote. Where can people find you if they just want some more Amber Paris in their life? (laughs) If if y'all want some more, y'all can have some more. Nah, thank you. First of all, I appreciate your, like, we have to talk more about all of this because we can stay here all day. So thank you for letting me into this space. I really appreciate it. And thank you for listening um and noted and for noticing my little new york that came out that was so funny <laughs> oh um, she came out she's alive and well trust so and believe <laughs> i don't think i'll live in new york but it will always be in my heart um i yeah i mean if you guys want to continue these conversations about um you know wellness and about purposeful living um you can find that on my website i at i am amber um, where I manage the Lifelong Learners blog, all things healthy productivity, um, you know, personal development, which the free course on personal development is now is available, has been available for some time now. Um, so definitely check that out on my website. And then just to engage with me, I am not on Facebook, unfortunately, but you'll find me on Instagram. <laughs> Um, Amber Paris dot Montalvo. I should be the only Amber Paris Montalvo on there. So be easy to find me. <laughs> um, I love that. She said, I'm one of a kind, baby. I'm one of a kind. And if I'm not, you'll, you'll notice, you'll know which one it is, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. I mean, always, always love these conversations. So hopefully we're back soon with more. Yeah, absolutely. All right, y'all. Well, thank you so much for listening. It is main character May. All right. So use all of Amber Paris's tips to live your most main character month. I've been having main character moments, I said the other day on my stories, and that is not the goal. So we are shifting and we are truly making it main character May, right? The main character in all of your books all of your favorite TV shows, all of your movies are not the developed character. They are the ones going through character development. There is rising action. There is a plateau. There is a climax. There is falling action. So what does main character may mean? It means giving yourself the grace that you see on screen and loving all of the trials and tribulations that lead to you being and stepping in your most authentic highest version of yourself living with purpose living intentionally y'all know the drill so 
I appreciate you. Like, listen, share, subscribe, all the things. I will follow Amber on the podcast account. I only follow people who have been guests if y'all haven't picked up on that before. So it's always just like a directory of anyone who's been on an episode will be the people that I follow um, through the podcast account. And I will tag her and all of her social medias um, in the description and on our most recent Instagram post. So check that out. But without further ado, love and light, beautiful people.